Welcome to the Modern Math Teacher Podcast, the podcast that will help you use today's best teaching strategies to ignite and excite your students in math class and maybe even make it the best part of their day. Hey, I'm Kristen Moore, a longtime believer that math is so much more than just solving cracks. I went from teaching straight from a textbook to implementing project-based learning and boosting student engagement in my class each and every day along the way. I'm here to give you the PD you need to successfully do the same with your students. Are you up for it? Let's do this. Welcome back, my amazing Modern Math Teacher Besties. Today, we're diving deep into the heart of project-based learning. I'm going to unveil its power and dispel any lingering myths and questions that you may have. As always, I'm your host, Krista Moore, and I'm so excited to continue to guide you on this PBL journey. You know, starting this podcast was and is a continuous PBL for me. Creating a new class for next year, that's another PBL for me. I see project-based opportunities all throughout my life, and I know the joy and excitement that it brings to me. I'm so excited to be your guide as you've been starting your PBL journey with your classes this year, too. As we've been exploring various aspects of PBL in recent episodes, today we're going to tie it all together, address a few more misconceptions, and celebrate the incredible benefits of project-based learning. Let's kick it off with the benefits of PBL, As I've discussed in previous episodes, project-based learning is a complete game-changer when it comes to student engagement. It provides a clear connection between the students in your classroom and the standards in your curriculum. Projects like Save for Success, the one I'm running right now in my classroom, where students are customizing their project based on their future plans, what and where they want to study and who they want to be, engages them in deep study of themselves alongside deep study of exponentials and Yes, even logarithms. Now, PBL isn't just about textbooks and exams, okay? It's about bringing the classroom learning into the real world. Throughout these last few weeks, I've shared some examples of projects like Pitch Profit, ooh, sorry, Pitch Profit, and Wasted Space, projects that have real practical applications connecting the dots between the theoretical concepts we're teaching in class and tangible real-life scenarios with real-world impact. PBL also is not just about It's not about memorizing facts and formulas and how to solve an algorithm, right? It's about building skills. Project-based learning fosters critical thinking and hones problem-solving abilities for all of our students. Just like those students who explore deeply the role of modern-day slavery based on their research and engagement in the Pitch Profit project, a math project with major connections to real-world problems. We are helping our students develop their critical thinking and their problem-solving skills. Now, if those three benefits aren't enough, right, that engagement and motivation is increased and boosted, the students finally have some real-world relevance for the math that you're teaching them, no matter what level you're teaching them. Remember, PBL is accessible to all of our students, and you're engaging our students in critical thinking and problem-solving. Three huge benefits of bringing PBL to your math class. But let's talk about some of those myths that are still lingering in some questions I've had in the last few weeks. So we did explore some myths early on in this PBL journey in episode 31. And I want to make sure I clear up a few more misconceptions and myths that are floating out there about PBL that may be holding you back from getting started. Now, the first myth right here is that PBL is just an add-on to students' regular content. And I just want to say to you, heck no. Stop right there. Nope, nope, nope. Let's dismantle this misconception that PBL is a mere supplement to learning. 
project-based learning isn't an add-on. It's an integrated approach that enhances and deepens students' understanding of regular content, okay? It is an instructional approach, how you are planning to teach a lesson and how students are going to be learning along that journey. PBL seamlessly weaves into the fabric of your curriculum, enriching the learning experience rather than complicating it. It gives it context and meaning and something for your students to hold on to. PBL also goes far beyond being just an additional layer or something extra to do. I am not about working harder over here, you guys. It, in contrast to traditional projects, which are, you know, designed to be a quick recap of learning at the end of the unit and often are just like, here's a poster and here's what I learned and here's an equation, right? PBL projects are designed to seamlessly integrate into your existing curriculum, providing a holistic learning experience that students find meaningful and relevant. Now, if you have any of my projects from TPT, you might see that most of them are broken down into phases. These phases of your project are really similar to PBL milestones, and I design those projects that way so that you can take a project from my store and turn it into a full PBL experience. Take, for example, the Save for Success project we're working on right now, where it's broken down into four phases. The first phase is all about students taking a look at who they are, what they want to become, what kind of training they're going to need, and where they want to get that training from. Okay, that doesn't have a whole lot of math involved in it, but it lays the foundation for the project. So that first milestone is an amazing project launch. Then moving into phase two, that's where we start thinking about what kind of student loans do I need to take out? How do student loans work? How do different types of loans work? What's an interest rate? How can I model with that? And we get to compare and contrast simple and compound interest and see what kind of you know future debt our students might have. This is a great phase to incorporate when you're talking about the difference between linear and exponential models. Because simple interest is a linear model, compound interest is an exponential model, okay? So see how we can weave directly in there. Then in phase three, which my students just completed for me this week, we were talking about creating a life budget. So seeing where your salary goes, how much you should be budgeting for your needs, your wants, your savings, and your debt, and then comparing different saving strategies. I love this because this week I had a student tell me that they went and opened up a new savings account. Are you kidding me, you guys? That is completely real world and applicable. And they had the knowledge and know-how to compare the different savings accounts and pick one that was going to maximize the amount of interest that they got, okay? So again, this is comparing different types of compound interest. So as soon as you've studied exponential functions, you can incorporate this real world task, this phase three of the project. Now, phase four is all about investing in the future, and they need to be able to solve exponential equations. My students are not there yet, right? So I still have three lessons between now and the next time I implement this phase. This phase needs the students to be able to solve equations with logarithms. My students don't even know what a logarithm is yet. So first, we're going to explore what logarithms are, how to work with them, what it looks like, how it's related to the exponential, so we can see this inverse relationship and understand that a logarithm is going to solve this exponential equation. And then we're going to do phase four. So see how I can break a single project up and weave it into a curriculum and expand it more into that project-based experience? That's what I want for you, you guys. It is not an extra layer. It's not an add-on. 
It is something that gives meaning and context to the topic that you are teaching. Okay, I think I've hit that one hard enough. How about this myth? PBL is hard to assess individual students because everything is in a group. Guys, that's just not true. You can decide if you want group projects or solo projects. And I always, always recommend doing assessing at the student level because I want to know what an individual student knows, not what the entire group is able to put together. Yes, that's their best thoughts collectively all together. That should be the richest model. That should have the most meaning if I'm working in a group. But I want to know the individual student's progress. So utilizing technology and really well-crafted rubrics are strategies that allow you to assess each student's contributions effectively. And you can also get additional insight from peer evaluations, you know, providing clear role assignments for your students and, you know, helping them define what their learning goals are for that project. But honestly, my groups don't get grades. They just don't. I might give them an assessment and some feedback, but that grade is not going to impact an individual's grade. If you have rubrics that help you analyze a student's learning all throughout the project, then honestly, your assessment is done before they even present or whatever your culminating event is. Okay. You're, you're basically done by that time. It's fantastic. Okay. I've got another one. PBL is the same as like making something or like hands-on learning or just doing an activity, right? Like, isn't that PBL? And I've got to say, it's not. I love hands-on aspects, right? We want those lessons to be sticky, thinking back to like anchor activities and sticky lessons. The more senses you can incorporate, the better. But beyond the surface, PBL is not merely about crafting a physical artifact or having some physical thing at the end. It is not about the final product, you guys. It's about the learning process itself. That's why it's called project-based learning and not just project-based assessment, okay? There is a difference there. So PBL is not just about making things. It's about making meaning. I want to say that again. PBL is not about making things. It's about making meaning. PBL projects are designed to engage your students in that critical thinking, problem solving, and conceptual understanding, going far, far beyond the realm of just simple hands-on activities. Do I want you to use hands-on activities? For sure. That's how you're going to make it sticky, how you're going to make it meaningful. Your students are going to enjoy them. They'll get a lot out of it. But that is not what PBL is. It is just one small component. And last up, PBL takes too much time. I can't do it. I don't have space in my curriculum. I've got way too much to cover. Project-based learning just takes too much time. Guys, PBL is not a time-consuming luxury. It's an investment that can be streamlined for maximum impact, even within the constraints of your busy academic calendar. Okay, so let's explore some routines that make PBL an effective and efficient part of your teaching routine. Here's here's some things you need to have in place to make sure that PBL runs smoothly and integrates seamlessly. First up, you have to establish clear routines for efficiency in your classroom. In project-based math class teacher, I emphasize the importance of establishing clear routines for both students and teachers. By creating these structured frameworks, you optimize valuable class time, ensuring that every moment contributes meaningfully to the project. Consistency in routines reduces potential disruptions and keeps the focus on learning. Okay. Next up, I want you guys to maximize your planning time with ChatGPT. I just said it in our last episode. 
leveraging ChatGPT can be a game changer for busy math teachers. This AI tool becomes a creative assistant. It helps you plan projects efficiently and effectively. And with ChatGPT, project planning becomes a collaborative and time-saving process, allowing you to maximize the benefits of PBL without sacrificing your valuable and very scarce planning time, okay? ChatGPT for the win here. All right, and as an additional tip for you, if you are thinking about diving into PBL, consider incorporating quick and targeted formative assessments during your project work. This is going to keep you from having to take something home and grade a bunch of stuff on the weekend at the end of a project. That is a no-go in my house. I'm not bringing home 180 projects. I'm going to be working smarter, not harder, and assessing them along the way, okay? So these assessments that you make can provide really valuable insights into your students' understanding, allowing you to make timely adjustments and address any misconceptions in real time. Formative assessments are going to become a key tool for ongoing evaluation, ensuring that the learning goals are being met without creating additional time pressure. And that's what I use with each of my project milestones or each of those phases, like I just explained, for the Safe for Success project. Each time they're doing that, you have a new snapshot of their learning, their understanding of those learning goals. Are they meeting them? How well are they meeting them? How deeply are they understanding it? You are going to be able to continuously assess and get that feedback and give that feedback to your students in real time without additional time taken out of your day. Okay. And then, of course, there's tech tools like Delta Math are a fantastic way to save time and paper while getting some of the additional assessment you need. I know that your project may not incorporate every single procedural skill that your unit does, and that's why you supplement with those things from your curriculum. The the standard practice you were going to give them anyway, you're still going to give them that, okay? It still gets them practice on all the forms of, you know, exponential growth and decay, right? That's the project I'm in right now, so that's what's top of mind for me. So I'm still going to give them Delta Math practice to see it in a variety of formats, asking it in different ways, writing it in different structures, and that, but the project is telling me how well they can really apply that conceptual understanding and problem solve in the real world. And then if they really do have proficiency with solving those things, using those procedures, because, you know, tools like Delta Math and Khan Academy, they give them feedback right away, like, oh, no, you did it wrong. But when I get to look at their project phases, their project milestones, I get to see whether they made a mistake, if they were able to catch it, what went wrong, and where that misconception might lie. Okay. All right. So as we wrap up this episode on the power of project-based learning, I want to summarize those key benefits and celebrate some of the myths that we have debunked, right? So those key benefits, why we want to make sure we're using PBL in our classroom, it boosts engagement and motivation like none other. My students have been sitting in our 85-minute classes and like just enraptured in the project that they are working on. They're so motivated. They're so interested. They're asking amazing questions, seeking out extra information. And it's because I've made this connection to them that is real and relevant, okay? It provides that real-world relevance. Speaking of relevant, you need to make sure that your project is not just like, oh, here's this pretty thing. It's something that's real and applicable to their lives. It is the ultimate answer to the when am I ever going to need this, okay? And it really fosters that critical thinking and problem solving, those skills that they're going to need beyond the scope of whatever procedures you're teaching in this project. So those are three key benefits. And then we talked that PBL is not an add-on to regular content. It is 
not, you know, just making something or hands-on learning or doing an activity. And it is not hard to assess an individual. I gave you tips and strategies for how to do all of those things. We also talked about the importance of having routines to make sure that you are maximizing your time. And as always, ChatGPT AI is going to be your friend here. All right. So teachers, it is time to embrace project-based learning and share your success stories, okay? If you're ready to take the next step, make sure you enroll in project-based math class creator or teacher to get the most out of your project-based learning experiences. I wanna thank you guys so much for tuning in to this week's episode. You are amazing. And just being here and thinking about project-based learning shows me that you are somebody who is ready to change the shape of math education. You are not just a sit and get teacher. You are working so hard to make sure that your students find the meaning, okay? Your journey in PBL is going to be unique. And I'd love to hear your thoughts and experiences with projects or project-based learning in your classroom. So don't forget to share them with us over in the Modern Math Teachers Facebook group. If you found this series of PBL-focused episodes helpful, make sure that you share them with other math teachers by screenshotting your favorite episode and sharing it on social media. And when you do that, please tag me at more than just X so that I can see and share the goodness as well. All right, you guys. Until next time, keep making your classroom spaces of inspiration and growth and making meaning with your students. And as always, you guys, keep it real.